On episode 17 of Convergence, an update on my stand-up set, the latest on God Mode, and being the girl next door you didn't realise you wanted all along. I had another EMDR session yesterday, and uh, it was uh, it was about this. I, I um, wanted to kind of reprogram and process some some issues I have with talking with people on the phone. I don't like I don't like talking on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. You're a millennial. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, that's actually another factor I wasn't thinking about. I, mean, I you know, I say that not to be you know <laughs> dismissive uh, or anything. Whatever, I get it. But yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a different expectation, and and I I go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, for me, I was definitely more in the mindset of like um, two things. One, I, I I used to suffer from worse hearing loss than I have than I have now. My hearing has gotten better since I've removed the mold, but I had really bad hearing loss, and so it was hard for me to just hear and not see like zoom and and this kind of stuff, video calls are, are a lot better for me. Cause like I can, I'm not that I can read lips, but yeah, I can see more context. You're context. Exactly. Exactly. And then the other factor, which, uh, which came up through the EMDR processing, which kind of, you know, it kind of makes connections of your, your past traumas and, and history and family stuff. Was that when I was, um, when I was in middle school, I, I can't remember how much I talked about this last time, um, but I, I, I lived in, I lived in a, a house in McMinnville with my dad and my mom and my mom and my sister had moved out because they went to another town halfway to the big city, Portland, where my sister was going to school. And so they, they moved, they moved to a middle city between the two of us, but they didn't really come over very often. So it was really just me and my dad in the house. And it was a, an inordinately long house. Cause it used to be an art gallery that we remodeled into a house. And so I was on one end and he was on the other end and I was in middle school. So I didn't want anything to do with my parents anyway, but my dad was always kind of doing his own projects and like, he never called on me. Like he wasn't really there and attentive and, and engaged. He was going through depression that he didn't want to acknowledge and, and a bunch of other stuff. And then my mom was gone and my sister were gone and they didn't really call either. And I didn't have, and you know, obviously it was before cell phones, uh, I didn't really have a, a, a Rolodex of all my friend in middle school's phone numbers. I didn't have phone calls modeled to me. They, my dad didn't even have any friends. My mom had a couple friends, but but it wasn't a, a, a big thing to call people on the phone. Um, I moved around. I had I, I, I was in uh, that school for about two years prior to that, but then I'd moved around a bunch before that, and so all the my previous friends kind of felt like a world away and my, and then my, the, the friends I had right now were actually in a different city. They were all in Yamhill and I was in Minville and it was 10 minutes, away, 10 minute drive away. So they, even my close friends at the time felt a world away. And so I was just like really isolated. And I think that really helped that, that formulated this, this feeling for me of being very distant from like kind of everybody and, Anyways, I did a lot of processing on that. And it's a lot easier now. And so I, I reached out to a bunch of friends. I'm like, hey, do you want to have a call? I'm going to connect. And uh, most of them said, yeah. <laughs> One of them said no. <laughs> uh, uh, and not in a bad way. They're just super busy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's been going on for me. Uh, what, uh, 
you're, you're working on this stand-up course and I really want to hear a, a check-in about it. What's, what's going on with that? How, how's it, how's it been? So a couple of weeks ago, I took my set, uh, out of my brain and, uh, performed it in front of the class. Amazing. Um, and one of the things that I realize is like, I'm an okay storyteller. I, I tell you what, there was an interesting moment where at the end, uh, one of the people said, were you like, were you nervous? Cause you, you look really confident or whatever. And my kind of reflex, and I actually did say, I was like, oh, terrified, terrified. And in the back of my mind, I was going, that's not actually true. You just, you, you, you need to self, there was a little bit needing to self-deprecate um, and need to help someone else feel comfortable, which I, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind doing it for that reason. Um, you know, if it, if it helps someone else feel like, oh, this is, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway kind of thing. But I don't want to deny actually the fact that, yeah, I was, I was nervous, but like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. You know what I mean? Um, so a couple of interesting things. Firstly, that I, like I said, I'm, a, I'm an okay storyteller. I'm a, I'm a decent storyteller. I present okay. Um, and loving that self-deprecation. You're an excellent storyteller. But carry okay, on. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you for saying that. I, was, I thank you. Um, accept the compliment with grace. Um, what's it? Uh, Brian Regan always does this very well. He's like, "Thank you. I appreciate that." There you go. Um, so. I can I can string a story together and uh, and and I was praised for my vulnerability, which again, you know, fine. That is that is that is the that is the brand. Yeah. Um, because I told a very embarrassing story. Uh huh. The two things occurred. One of them is I didn't put any real jokes in because my style of humor, the things that make me laugh aren't necessarily i mean i love jokes like and jokes make me laugh but like i'm not a joke i'm not a jokeman um i like observation well not observations but like i like quirks of language i like those kinds of things things that read well um that are not necessarily and it's you know it's 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 the difference between humor and comedy i think i'm humorous but i'm not comedic that's the one bit of the stand up the other bit of the stand up which was a really interesting revelation is I do this whole bit, uh, which I'm now going to cut from the, from the set, which is, um, an inner monologue with myself. So the story is about me trying to woo, uh, a, 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 a bartender, um, in a holiday place, uh, like, a, a what we have here at a holiday camp. So it's like, um, a bunch of, chalets um uh, you know people can rock up with a caravan or with a tent and then there's activities there's things you can do and there's a a clubhouse which has got a bar and that's where entertainment like every night there's entertainment you can go and go and see so i don't know if that is if, if there's any kind of phenomenon like that in the u.s but that's a thing so like a holiday park you go and there's some entertainment and fine um and there was a bartender there that i just you know, she was absolutely my type, thought she was gorgeous. And I just, I don't know, I'd got it in my, in my head that I was going to woo her. Um, and so that's kind of the story and it goes disastrously wrong because fine. Um, 
And so, but it's quite sweet um, in, in, and naive and, you know, wholesome in its way. But I felt the need, and it wasn't until the course leader, teacher came up, because uh, it's basically you, you do your step, and then he'll come up, he'll ask the uh, other participants if there's any feedback, any thoughts, and then he's, you know, made a load of notes. And one of his things was like this in a monologue, because I, I have this discussion where I'm basically justifying to the audience why I am allowed to woo this girl. I have to... I have such a, and I, I thought I'd got rid of the, the mental, if you will, mold from my brain of the perceived toxicity that I have as a human being that I thought I needed to justify asking someone out. I thought I needed to bring, not justify might be the wrong word, I needed to bring the audience on side. I needed them to be on my side because I had already internalized this idea that they would not be on my side because I wanted to ask out a, a girl that I'd not met before. And so I end up doing this in a monologue, this conversation between me and, and the other part of me, left brain, right brain, basically to justify to the audience to say, it's okay, I've got good intentions. Which kind of assumes that I'm going up and telling a story where I have bad intentions, which was not the case. And so he didn't bring any of that up, but he was just like, I don't really know why you're doing this in a monologue thing. And I was like, I know exactly why the fuck I'm doing this. <laughs> and I should stop it. <laughs> so that was interesting. But that's uh, that, wow, great self-observation. And, uh, oh, that's fascinating. So, yeah, the, the two things um, I, I've taken so far is put more jokes in, um, <laughs> and which hopefully I, that's something I can do. And then, yeah, like maybe you don't have to justify your existence. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, uh, th that's kind of how it's going. So last week uh, we learned, uh, we did a bit more sort of... Um, it's quite enjoyed it actually. It was all taking an emotion and embiggening it as much as possible to make it nice and easily understood by the audience so that like you can show rather than tell a certain thing. And so we we all had um uh we we all came up and we had to pick out a card uh that had an emotion written on it and the audience didn't know what the emotion was, so we had to read it and then they we tell a very, very simple joke. Um and we have to deliver this very, very simple joke in that particular emotion. Oh, fun. And it just so happened that I picked one of the hardest ones and I was the first to go up. Yeah, I was the first to go up because I was like, this will be fun. And I ended up picking basically the hardest one to do, um, which was something like shameful. It wasn't shameful, but it was something like it. Mm -hmm. Like you feel ashamed? The, yeah, I had to deliver this joke in like a yeah, in like a, I was in a in a in a way that I was like ashamed, um, which was very challenging. Um, uh, but I got to have another go where I did where I did a different emotion, and that that landed a lot easier. Um, and it's you know it's it's fun to play with that stuff because then it, it helps you, it shows you actually like you need to go big with the stuff 
um, you need to go big with the with the emotions um, because big is funny uh, and over the top is funny. Um, you know, someone really like someone being sad is not funny. Someone being so sad that they're like you know, especially about it being something that's that's small that's so over proportion, like that's funny and and it's you know it's that kind of thing really. Um, so I'll, I'll take some of that in and I'm kind of thinking. I kind of think I want to go in big. Um, like I've been kind of like this may be a little bit dialed back because I'm still a bit nervous and stuff. Whereas I kind of like the idea of just like grab the mic and go, I'm going to tell you the story about a time that I tried to woo this woman and it was an absolute disaster. Who's with me? You know, like I kind of want to, I'm kind of thinking like, can I, can I go that big and sustain that? Um, and bring everybody along with me um, and just, you know, make everything big. You're, you don't seem to be fully on board with this story. Right. What can I do to bring you on board? Like, you know, and really, and really bang the drum um, rather than be, you know, try and be sort of this. It would be quite nice to be like, bah, you know, because some of the bits of the story, like I'm, I'm using uh, the, the hero's journey as a kind of a, a framework. Um and so I think going in with that kind of energy, uh, but also with, you know, some of the self-deprecation of like, I had absolutely no plan, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that kind of confidence mixed with the naivety and all that kind of stuff, I think could be, could be quite, could be quite fun. So, and it would be fun to like, one of the things that, um, he's, he, the, the guy's been like, uh, hammering home to us is as far as you're concerned, when you get on stage, you are the funniest guy in the room. It's only until you prove them otherwise that then they start to, you know, like as far as they're concerned, you, you know, you are the funniest guy. You've got all the jokes. You are the funny person. Um, it's only then when you start getting maybe a little bit small or you're like, oh God, I'm actually quite nervous. It's lots of these people. Like people then start to tense up because they're like, oh, oh God, if they're nervous, oh God, this is going to be a train wreck. I'm going to be nervous. Whereas, yeah, if I can, and, and I kind of use the, uh sorry this is me just like exploring this yeah, just as we speak do. but like please do if if i can use the um the adrenaline that's coursing through me and rather than push it inwards as i think we often do when we perform and then we we shake and and we get all this kind of stuff actually push it outwards and go okay this is the big show you know like yeah. i'm on stage and make it big i think that could be quite a fun thing to do and and so i might experiment with that and see see what happens i love that i love that a little uh, a little thing that came to mind is like that'd be excellent I, I would love to see that you you really putting it out there stop hitting the microphone brendan <laughs> uh I, I love to see that you really putting it out there and being big and, 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 and force not, not forcing it in a bad way, but you know, projecting it. Yeah. Uh, and then like, you don't, you don't have to use this at all, but the, uh, it came to mind of like strategically using a little bit of just a, a, a just a little sampling here and there of really over-exaggerated inwardness. And maybe if it was like, kind of inappropriately lose like you shouldn't really be inner, inward about this or you know you can play around with that but like what i'm definitely thinking is it needs it needs light and shade right it needs you know as much as there's the big moments because there's a couple of moments where like time kind of stands still and you need to get down and, and like there's a moment right at the end that i think i, I performed reasonably well when i did it last time and it's like 
this thing happens and you really have to communicate like let's draw everyone in and we can have this and then we can go back to big but like yeah you absolutely need to and well in that in that quiet moment you can really punch home of something super funny if it's like really out of left field and like not not expecting it and yeah that, that can be an excellent moment um so yeah i'm i'm uh i'm having fun uh so that is that uh, the other thing that I think is helping with uh, a lot of my thinking at the moment is a book. So I think we talked a couple of weeks ago. I've, I've been mentioning this guy, uh, Rory Sutherland. Uh, he is the vice chairman of Ogilvy UK. So Ogilvy is this huge multinational advertising agency. Uh, so Rory, Rory Sutherland is is this you know vice vice chair vice chairman whatever that means, um, and he 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 wrote this book um, and it's it's interesting. So the one of the the first examples he talks about is when we think about so if you think about you want to create a new soft drink and you want it to be you want it to rival Coke, so you're thinking it's got to be cheap. It's got to taste good, and it's got to be in a nice bright can, so that a nice big uh, and in in a big bottle, so it's like cheap, um, and you get lots of it, and it tastes nice. What would you say, like as a big soft drink brand that we can think about in the you know late nineties, early thousands, that has rivaled Coke? I guess maybe like the energy drink craze of like Monster and Rockstar and. And Red Bull, that, yeah, uh huh. So Red Bull is expensive, comes in a tiny can, and everybody universal. And this was interesting. I thought this was just an opinion. No, no, everybody across the board says it tastes awful. Like apparently, like when when this was market tested, people were like angry at how bad Red Bull tasted. Um, and yet. It is a, you know, as a brand, I mean, I don't drink Red Bull. I've almost never drunk Red Bull apart from when it's been mixed in with vodka and something else. I don't, you know, I, I've ne- I don't think I've ever bought a can of the stuff, but it is a huge brand and it's advertised all the time. They, they you know, they, they have a motorsport, you know, wing. They've thrown people out of rocket ships. Not exactly, but you know, um, so they've got their whole thing. Red Bull gives you wings and all that stuff. Huge brand. Tiny can, expensive, and tastes awful. <laughs> um, and and so it's 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 lots of things like that. It's like um, so here we have HS two, which is this planned line that's going to cost some something like six billion pounds, might be more. Um, I might even have got a decimal point uh, off, but huge public expense. Uh, and it's it's basically to cut an hour off your journey time between London and Manchester or London and Birmingham. Um, or I guess Manchester and Birmingham, whatever. Because, yeah. Um, and so it is, it's a huge expense to build this really high-speed rail network or line. And apparently Sutherland was, was or, you know, his company were, were, you know, consulted about this. And he was like, well, I could probably knock off the journey time by about 40 minutes and it would cost you maybe 250,000 pound. Um, do you want to do that? And they were like, no, no, because it probably won't work. And his whole thing was 
it's all about perceived journey time. So what you usually do, if you want to go from uh, from Birmingham to London, you buy an advanced ticket. Uh, and so that only allows you to get on that specific train. And so you know that that's the case. You're then frightened of missing that train. So you rock up at the train station 45 minutes early, at which point two other trains have gone that could have carried you. And so he's like, well, what if you had an app where it allowed you to pay an extra fiver to jump on an earlier train, which could cut between 20 and 40 minutes off your whole journey time? And that's like, that's, you know, it's it's those kinds of weird ways of thinking. Um, like he asks the dumb questions, the like, why do people not like standing on trains? And it's like, well, that's a stupid question. People don't like standing on trains because whatever. And he like he really digs into those questions and tries to come up with, you know. And so there are, on one side, it's like using all this kind of psychology for evil because it's all advertising. But also, I'm like, I'm really fascinated by it. I'm really fascinated by like the science of human behavior and what makes people do things because ultimately, you and I are both in the business of wanting to move people from one, you know mode of thinking to another, um, in, in, you know, in different, in different scales. And so understanding more about where like resistance and objections come from, where they actually come from versus what people say, um, and what people buy and why people buy like another very, very quick example that I saw on TikTok yesterday, and it will probably end up in his book as well. Uh, because I think most of what I'm seeing on TikTok is, you know, talks that he's, he's delivered that come from his book. Um, he talked about, I think it was KFC in South Africa uh, consulted him because their business, it just wasn't doing very well. And he said, have you tried putting your prices up? And they were like, no, no, we need to put our prices down. That's what we need to do so that we get more people in the door. But they tried putting the prices up and demand increased. Not just like they made more money, but like demand increased. And his thinking was, and what, what I liked about this and it, some of the, the ways I'm trying to think about this stuff as well, it's like, he didn't know that that would happen, but he thought it might and he thought it would be worth the experiment. And so his sort of post-rationalization was, I think it's because if you go, if you go for fast food, you either, want it, you either do it because it's cheap or it's a treat. And so if it falls in the middle, it's neither of those. And so you're not really compelled. So if it's super cheap, um, then you'll go for it because it's cheap. Where if it's a bit more expensive, you're like, oh, I'm treating myself. So yeah, uh, and, and one of the things, so <laughs> I have made uh, a potentially irrational purchase decision. And I'm not going to try and spend too much time post-rationalizing it, but there's something in me that's like, I don't know, but I think I, I want to go, I want to make, take a shot at a bit of alchemy. Um, and so I've paid for a very expensive ad in to run for a week in pocket casts. So I've paid for overcast before and, um, they, I don't know what Marco's. Well, I say it might, might not be down to Marco. It might be the market. It might be how users use the app. But it used to convert a lot more, like a lot more. Um, it used to get a lot more subscribers for you know the amount of money that, that you spent. Um, and I don't think that's because he's put the prices up. I think there's 
maybe some kind of behavioral change. Maybe more people have bought the app and so they don't see the ads. I don't know. Um, but they, they, they don't convert anywhere near what they, what they used to, but you know, it is a way of goosing numbers a little bit. Um, but I'm like, well, pocket uh, overcast is kind of, it's nerds like us. Um, and that's only going to get you so far. Pocketcast that was like bought by NPR at one point, and yeah, and then um, then bought by the WordPress people now. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they've always been cross-platform, which is great. Uh, and so you know, big big Android audience, um, and yeah, and it's 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 actually not more expensive than Overcast per potential subscriber. But it's a lot more money <laughs> because they are promising a lot more taps and you pay for taps, I think. Um, and so I'm justifying it because although I can't afford it now, at some point I will be able to afford it and that'll be okay. Um, and it's one of those where when, if you sit and you rationally work out the numbers, which I did, they don't make huge amounts of sense. Because it's like, it kind of costs you... And I actually, I asked ChatGPT about this because I was like, this this can't be how the market operates. This can't be how podcast advertising operates. It costs about $20 to buy a subscriber. Because I, I was thinking, okay, that's probably because it's in line with like podcast advertising. But it's in podcast av- advertising, it's $10 per... Th- you get roughly $20 per thousand listens. So for each person you recruit as a new listener, they would have to listen to a thousand episodes in order for you to make your, in order to break even. Yeah. So I was like, why do, why do people do it then? Well, you're adding, if when, you know, ideally you're going to like, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking theoretically, ideally you're going to get a new listener through this and then they're going to expand the word of mouth market. And so maybe that one new subscriber gets a few more new subscribers because they're also telling their friends like, oh, I really like this, this podcast. That's what I'm banking on is a bit of alchemy. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something or, or it's, um, they get in touch with me, you know, they, cause I want more, like I, you know, I feed off the feedback from people and I've been, it's been so wonderful that I've been able to actually use that because when I post on social media, like no one co- comments on the episodes because commenting on episodes is a nightmare trying to like, there is no proper mechanism for doing that. But if I post little clips to social media, people comment on those clips and that's great. That's mm, yum, 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 yum. I get to, you know, talk about that and it like it creates <laughs> <Dopamine>. this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is dopamine, but it's also, creating the it's teaching the listener that it's okay to like that this is a this is normal that people are corresponding it's starting to create you know especially if i can just start referring to certain people just by forename their first name like it, it, you start to create this sense of a community then and i'm you know that's very much yes please that's what i'd like um and so um yeah it's 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 another potential way like more listeners may mean more feedback which you know adds in itself and snowballs and all that kind of stuff and so yeah that's kind of what i'm banking on because if you do the numbers as everyone tells you to do whenever it comes to advertising they're all like well you've got to do the you've got to look at your roi you've got to look at um what's the average number that's going to convert to a paid customer and then what is the cost per paid customer and is it is you if your roi is less than one then it's a bad investment. And I'm like, okay, that's all fine. That's all that makes a lot of sense. But there's this voice in my head that's going, 
I think you should do it. There's just a there's there's a voice in there that wants to not for once, but I think for for the first time in, in what feels like a while to go, yeah, but what if we did though? You know what I mean? Instead of <clears throat> instead of running every number, just go, yeah, but what if we did? Mm-hmm. Experiment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um and you know, I'll learn something uh either way. Um so yeah, it's uh that is proving itself to be uh, interesting. So that what's nice is I've scheduled it for when I hit episode 100, um, which is uh, mid-April. I love it. I love, I love the, um, the uh, uh, analy- analyzation of uh, human behavior, trying to think outside the box, think like question everything. What are we doing? Like we're just in these modes we're just in these mindsets. We're just in these habits and patterns, living unquestionably, just c- continuing to do the same thing, like following the definition of insanity and expecting different results. You know, or picking a guru, or picking a uh, a, a a a funnel, not a funnel, but like picking a pattern, picking a framework and saying, this is obviously the framework. Whereas, you know, because like so much of this, and it's like going back to the the marketing thing we were talking about last week, like so much of this is what works for you is great, and that might work for you, but it doesn't necessarily mean it works in every scenario. And I think there's a, a little bit like, I think... It's interesting when we think about like any kind of like fitness plan or diet plan or anything like that, like you find the thing that works for you and then that's the thing that you sell, which makes total sense because you're like, well, this worked for me. So this is the thing I want to sell. The danger, and I think this is where you've like, you've got your head screwed on with this and, 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 you know, uh, I'm sure it will come through in the messaging is like, well, you correct me if I'm wrong, but like... I don't feel like you're saying that this is the thing for everyone. Um, and I think that's sometimes the danger is that it's that with a lot of this stuff, you know, marketing, te- just basically telling people that you've got a thing is this is the way you do it. You, ha- you have, you do the social media, which points people to the newsletter and then the newsletter advertises the podcast. And then on the podcast, you build trust and it goes back to the newsletter um, and you tweet so many times a day and you use this kind of this formula and you post on LinkedIn and you use this formula and you and like, and that's all fine. And, uh, and it's exhausting. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, very, absolutely. Um, and it is also, it's the, it's the problem again that like, and I really, I caught myself to, to such a degree that I, I almost felt like nauseous from this sense of pushing and grinding. And my brain got to a point where it was like, I almost felt like I wanted to gip, like I just was like, and I stopped myself and I just thought, it it was a little bit more like, like my Howard Beale moment. I don't know if you've ever watched Network, but it's phenomenal film. Basically a man has a nervous breakdown live on air. He's a newscaster and uh, he says he's going to kill himself. Um, and all, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible piece of satire. Um, but that aside, 
yeah, I kind of think I had that moment of just like, like, like a something just, you know, almost like a mental embolism just went. Um, and I just was, okay, I've got it. I need, I need to bring the silliness back. I need to, uh, I need to take all of this thought leader energy that I've been so dangerous of, so dangerously like close to, if not actually spouting it myself and just go, okay, what happened if we just took this, this ball and just like put our thumb through it and just popped it out <laughs> like the other side and just turned it inside out. And, and, but just like taking all of this definitive, definite, you are going to do this. It's all about my, yeah. And it's like, let's take all of that and let's just absolutely rip it to shreds and show it for what it is. And, and right with the purpose of, of, of kind of thinking like, Everyone wants to tell you, like, they've got all this this stuff that they want to tell you, and then they'll say, you got this. And it's okay to go, sometimes you don't, and it's all right, because I'm here on the days where you don't got this. Um, and that's kind of the point of this. It's like being your, like, it's a mixture of, like, being the kind of Shakespearean fool character who talks, who's the only one who can say rude things to the king. and being the sidekick to the main character in the rom-com who's like the one with the with the one-liners um or or even or even the girl next door that you didn't realize the main hero actually wanted to be with all along you know after chasing all these other girls i think actually that's probably the better metaphor um is like the 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 hunky hero of the of the move the high school jock whatever um or not even the high school jock but like the 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 teen in the in the in the rom-com um it takes the whole film for him to realize that his quirky best friend the girl next door anna kendrick uh perhaps um was actually the you know the woman that he wanted to be with all along kind of thing after chasing after all of these beautiful girls that ended up being vacuous I'm having a revelation as we speak. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what it is. Like, and I kind of want to be, it's like, I'll be here when you like, when, when you've chased down all of these different um, authorities on how you're supposed to do your marketing. It's not even marketing about how you're supposed to be a creative person. That's like how you're supposed to live and survive as a creative person follow all of those beautiful like the waving of the hair and they look gorgeous and you want to follow them and then you find out actually they're full of nonsense or the stuff or or they just look at you and they're like mean girls they're just like oh no this this doesn't work for you like that's a thing i've experienced sometimes like people talk about these these platforms that are available to loads of people there's there's a, there's a great sorry if I'm, I'm i'm going off on one here but um i'm excited um there's one of these newsletter platforms that like the promise of it sounds amazing of you can advertise on newsletters that, that will fit your, um, that kind of fit your niche, fit your area. And you only pay per subscriber. So you only pay when someone actually subscribes to your newsletter. Amazing. And so you, you, you look, you see this beautiful and I'm, I'm using gendered language. Uh, you know, I hope you can go with it for now. Um, you see this beautiful girl off in the distance and it's like, Oh, you know, the, the dream weaver, you know, all that, all that plays. 
And then you have a conversation and they turn around to you or you tap them on the shoulder and they turn around to you and they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to go out with you. Because it's like you look at these platforms and they're like minimum buy-in is like $2,000 a month. Uh, and also there's a platform fee on top. And you're like, you sold this to me as a, as a, as a, you sold this to me as, as a thing that was accessible and it's only accessible to this top upper echelon. That ain't fair because we're not all there. Most of us aren't there. Um, and, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's all of that stuff that you can hear the, the animation in my voice that's just like, I, I want to be there and I think there's there's um there's probably a song or two or or several about like the person who is kind of um yeah who's 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 there for you when you've tried all of the all of the you know all of the pretty girls or whatever there is this person waiting for you at home kind of thing and uh, I kind of think that's I think I've just realised. <laughs> I am the I'm the internet's I'm the creative internet's girl next door. Yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of inaccessible email marketing uh ah! platforms. Ah! Um yeah. I, I I know there's been uh uh a few like early adopters. That's not the right word, but uh dear listener, if you have uh heard my mini uh, interjections of visiting entergodmode.co and putting in your name and email address to hear from me when it goes live. You may have noticed, you may not have noticed that you didn't get an email confirmation that you signed up for an email newsletter. And that's because I didn't do an email confirmation that my email was something that could be used. So it, that error has now been fixed. And if you wanted to go back to entergodmode.co, put in your name and email, you will now get a confirmation uh, that you are subscribed. So enjoy. Uh, there's not a lot coming at you right now. It's still, it's still something that I'm like, just a landing page to let people know when they want, when I, when I have something to say, I will say it. I'm not going to overwhelm you with early stuff. That's what this is for. But, the, but we're told, Brendan, we've got to send out at least one email a week and it's got to be value packed. <sighs> Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing. I want it to be value packed, <laughs> so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit. You here. have to show up, though, Brendan. You have to show up. Everybody tells me I have to show up. Yeah, oh, and uh, I can confirm. Um, I did get this the uh, the confirmation email. Oh, sweet. Well, perfect. It works. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a subscriber. Yeah, I've been trying to show up on uh, on the Insta, and uh, I've got I don't know, maybe like. 12 or 15 posts on there so far i've been doing it it's it's kind of averaging out to be like three a week and um some of it some of it's pretty fun i i feel like it's it's kind of uh like i i do it when it when i get inspired to so it's like it's i i'm not forcing it and i've got like I, I, sometimes I'll get an inspiration or like a, a bunch of things will come up for me at one time and I will uh, just put them in my notes. I'm like, okay, I'll save these instas for later things that I want to talk about and expand on and stuff. And it's fun making a little graphic and being like, here's the short pithy thing. And then, uh, you know, filling in the description with like, okay, what, what do I actually mean by, um, by this thing or that thing? And so that's, that's fun, but I, I don't feel 
super called to do it often. And, um, and there's been a bit of like, kind of like justifying that to myself, but also it feels good. It feels, I feel, I, 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 I need to do, I definitely need to do it in a way that's sustainable for me. And, um, I honestly don't really think that anybody cares. I mean, like cares about whether I do it every day. A big, another big part of it is like, so I, I don't have much, I don't have what I like as my branding coating, you know, like my, my, the, the font choice, the color choice, like all of this is still, it's very like, I'll just pick something that looks nice and then kind of work with it and not like, I, I want to have something that's a bit more cohesive that 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 is a present on the the website and the, the socials and everything that has a nice look a unified look and i don't have that developed yet and so i feel a bit like yeah i'm i'm working on doing these things but it's this it it all might be wiped out i, I might just clear the decks and start fresh once i find that look that i really actually want i don't know maybe i'll just keep it but one one thing I've, I've really enjoyed about my process so far of developing God Mode is how much I have communicated and kind of worked with people around me, tapped on my tapped on my uh, my friend circle and and my the people around me. So I have a I have a videographer and photographer lined up, and they're a good friend of mine who. Um, uh, <laughs> it was really great. They we kind of helped each other at our wedding. We both got married in the past uh 2 years and and we kind of helped each other with photography at our weddings. Um I uh I, we hired a photographer and and videographer obviously for uh for our wedding and um I knew that they was going to take some time before we'd get the photos back. And of course we there was there's you know the, there was instruction of like you know people attendees don't be on your phones. We just want you present for the moment and stuff. But I have a good friend, Jeff, who, uh, he's a great photographer. And I just like handed him my phone. I didn't, I didn't need my phone for the whole day. Anyway, I'm not gonna be on my phone on my wedding day. So I handed him my phone. I was like, Hey man, just take some candid pictures, you know, like just, it'd be nice. You know, at the end of the day, I get my phone back and then we just get to explore a, a few instant photos of the day just on our phone. And it was a beautiful moment, uh, that night when, cause Margaret didn't know that I had asked him to do that. And so we got to share some instant photos at the end of the day. And it was just such a gift. It was really wonderful. And then his, his wedding was like a year later. And, um, uh, he had like, he had two iPads and a, and a, and an iPhone set up at different angles of the ceremony. And like they'd hire a, a photographer, not a videographer. And so like he had me run to each of the the things and had them to have me turn them on at right at the right time. And one of them was not only a, a video, but also a live stream so that some people that couldn't make it could also watch it. And, uh, it was great. Cause it was, he was like, I don't know how to get the video going and the live stream going on the same device. And I was like, just do a screen record. And so we got the screen record going and that, that worked out really well. And then we were able to put it, put together a, a nice wedding video for the whole thing. And so it was really great that we got a exchange of, of, of usefulness there. And then now, um, he's launching 
a, uh, a new version of his photography business. He's kind of s- starting from scratch as a new company with his wife and they're working together and they kind of want to get into the area of, um, you know, videography for programs, for, uh, for businesses that want to make, you know, uh, courses and that kind of thing. And they're like excited about that field. And I'm coming in with some great knowledge and I know no real experience for videography. I don't want to, I don't, I don't have a budget to pay to hire a videographer and he could really use a lot of this advice and he's really excited about what I'm telling him. So we're, we're giving an exchange of coaching for, um, for videography. And, and, and we're just going to, Nice. I know. I'm so thrilled about it. We're, we're planning on going, doing like a, a weekend, uh, camping trip at some point and doing a bunch of, uh, preliminary video work and, and, and headshots and stuff out in the wilderness and, and, uh, like, oh, just, yeah, we got some cool ideas going and, and I'm, I'm really excited for all that. And it's just like, you know, it's a, uh, and, 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 and then you and me, obviously we got this common trajectory going and I, I'm able to hammer out a bunch of ideas and get great feedback from you and vice versa. And like, that's, that's been just vital and incredible and amazing. And, um, and then I've got a friend uh, bringing it back to <laughs> the reason why I got into this, talking about this is I have a friend who, um, we're not super close, but it, it was one of Margaret's friends and he's a great guy. And we've been, we've played magic, the gathering a couple times and, he um he's a uh, a graphic designer for video game a video game company and 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 honestly you know he's he's a, a prime prime candidate for what I'm marketing so I haven't talked to him yet about whether he wants to do an exchange as well but like if he does like getting getting some advice and getting some guidance on how to make this look video gamey and appealing to, to not just gamers, but kind of broad, broader and, and, and you know, what elements to tie in and, and, and how that's all going to work, what color palette and, you know, and Jeff is going to be great with the color palette as well for the photography side of things. So incorporating us and just like tapping on my local resources. And I'm just really excited about that. Um, it also ties into the, um, how to start, um, mm you know, getting your, your, your core group of advisors going because that, that feels really great as well. And, and just, mm, I'm, I'm just so excited. Yes. It's going to be, uh, going to be an exciting year. With that, um, I have a, I have a biryani that I am, uh, anxious to get into. Um, this has been, uh, as ever, um, wonderful and, uh, I got all excited and everything. It's uh, animated. It's good. I love it. Thank you. Thank you as well. And always, as always, correct me if I'm wrong. get a snow cone after the game. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yep. Yeah.
Grape. Grape. <laughs> Good eye, Brian. Um, <laughs> Good torso. <laughs> oh, you're too in case you overfly someday. <laughs> so when's that baby do? <laughs> baby. Ah. The the panda at the at the, at the zoo. That, that's <laughs> working on pohanikes. <laughs> oh no, hooked hooked on, on pohanikes. Working for me, me, me. I call this desk. I call this desk. <laughs> yes, we all do, Brian. <laughs> yeah.